This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid right here on mypodcasthouse.com. Of course, thanks to our great friends, we are powered by the Racetalk. Dot com and also a fantastic company in Truck Assist. We uh, thank them for their support as well. Big show coming up tonight as we uh, look at a preview of what's coming up in the final round of the Pertec Endurance Cup at Sandown this weekend. But there's some massive news that's been uh, coming out in the last 24 or 48 hours in regards to the Penske organisation. And to join me to talk all about that and much more, I say, first of all, a very good Day two, Richard Crowell from theracetalk.com. Hello, Crowley. Yeah, good day, Shebex. You well? I'm excellent, thank you. Dale Rogers, how are you? Shebex, I'm great, thank you. And uh, enjoying a day off down here in Melbourne today because it is Tuesday. And uh, my daughter backed the winner of the Melbourne Cup, so she's thrilled. Oh, good. She can uh, join yeah, we, me we as should, one of the many. We should just talk about, we should just talk about that. The, the, the commitment required on, on this show in that, that two of our three contributors tonight are Melbourne race. Uh, and we record the show on a Tuesday evening, generally. Yep. So the fact this is happening at all, and that you two aren't absolutely, completely trolley <laughs> after a day of Melbourne Cup celebrations, while the rest of us have been working very, very hard and trying to, you know, live our lives. Keep and the country together. Yeah, exactly right. While all of Victoria, five and a half million people, just go absolutely bunter for a day. So well, I'd just like to say Rich, congratulations you, 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 and well done. You, you, you might not know, but we could be doing this show completely under the weather. Who would know? Well, you wouldn't tell the difference with me. Well, it, it might be an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> and just to correct you on one thing too, not the whole of Victoria, only Melbourne has the public holiday, Richard. The, the country, Victoria, don't get the public holiday because they get a public holiday for their local cup. Well, so they should. Yes. Is that right, Cody? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, Geelong get half a day off for the Geelong Cup and so do Ballarat and Bendigo, yeah. Amazing. Hey, uh, as we said, as we said off the top, boys, some amazing news coming through the wires and uh, press releases and the like in the last 24 to 48 hours about the Penske organisation and their purchase of not only the Indianapolis motorway, uh, but also Indy cars itself. Uh, Richard, I'll give you first crack at it. Well, I mean, this is, I think, the biggest news story of the year in motorsport, potentially globally. Um, There's still some time to go before December 31, but this is enormous. In the, in the context of the sport and the influence that the Speedway has on American motorsport, um, let alone the influence globally of the Indianapolis 500 mile race, um, this is enormous. And it came from the clouds. So there's been stories for the last 12 to 18 months from colleagues of ours in the US media and people that follow it closely that the Speedway was ultimately going to be for sale. The other big property of the Holman George family, which um, within a week will have owned the Speedway for 74 years, was a company called Clover Girl, and they were a baking powder business, quite successful. And they recently offloaded that for about 300 million US to a, to a major corporation. So they, they've started to divest themselves of their family interest, basically. Um, so the rumour mill about the Speedway being for sale and IndyCar, which is owned by the Speedway or by the same family, um, being for sale has been floating around for a while and there were rumours linking it to NASCAR, which had just merged with uh, International Speedway Corporation, ISC, which owns a bunch of tracks in the States. 
Um, lots of rumours linking that to it. But this announcement came through very late Monday night, Australian time, saying, hey, there's a press conference coming up today. We're going to announce that Penske Entertainment, which is a, a new subsidiary of Penske Corporation, has bought not just the IndyCar series, uh, has bought IMS Media Productions, which is their, their production arm, much like Supercars Media is to Supercars here. But they've also bought the whole shooting match of the thousand acres of Indianapolis Motor Speedway and everything attached to it for the museum, the golf course, and just about everything else. So it's a, a massive, massive shake-up for the sport. Um, it it ends a dynasty of 74 years of ownership of the Holman George family in it, but it, it adds to the sport immensely in that now the business is owned by Roger Penske broadly and, and his companies that that are so heavily invested and tied into motor racing that um, that it can only mean good things. And they've got the wherewithal and the capital to invest in it and grow it and build it. But it, it's a pretty sizable thing. They're both private corporations, so no figures have been talked about. But it would it would have to be in the billion-dollar range, that kind of a deal, because it, the value of all of the properties involved is just significant. So it's a massive announcement, boys, and, and it, it's shaking the industry up. And the fact that they could keep it quiet and it didn't get out and mm. no one knew was just unbelievable, given the power of some of the, the news-breaking journos that they've got over there. So. Yeah, massive, massive day for the sport. I think the, uh, listening to Roger Penske speak, um, although the, the deal is big, although the corporation is a massive corporation, Roger Penske is a racer at heart. And I think that's, that's the, that's, that really is the core of this. Um, the Indy 500, you know, you've got to look back into history. It, it went through a very rocky period. It's, you know, survived the IRL cast, um, with, uh, it's come back, and there were not many years ago where you could buy a ticket quite easily uh, on, in the run-up to it. Thankfully, the crowds have come back, but Roger made the point at the press conference and in the interview saying that you know the new TV deal has started to get some momentum, the fan base is growing, the social media base is growing, the racing's been good, there's good depth of teams. So he's really saying now that, that this, this is the, the pivotal time for that category to really cement itself back at the top of the turn American motorsport. Uh, and it's on its way, uh, but this, this announcement is, is unbelievable. It's, uh, it's a massive feature, and as Richard said, it's not just the speedway. It's lock, stock, and barrel in any way you want to look at it. So I think, you know, really the, 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 the passion inside that corporation um, is shown here. Yes, it's a financial deal, and the board has to approve it, uh, but in typical Roger style, um, he'll see this as an astute investment, and uh, uh, I'm sure that the the whole package will increase and improve in in very fast uh, shape. So, Dale, the just... other interest, go on. Oh, sorry, Richard. I was just going to say, Dale, just on what you said at the start of that, Roger being a racer and and the like. Do you feel that Roger may have felt that if the speedway had fallen in the wrong hands, that everything that they've built in the last few years may have fallen apart, so he felt that he was probably the best person to make sure that that didn't happen? Yeah, well, the families, the Hollywood family and the George family, they've been through tumultuous times over many years, and, uh, you know, there's, there's been overthrows, there's been political sagas within the corporation. It hasn't been an easy road, and uh, I think you're absolutely right, Tony. I think this is the time when, when if we are back to an IndyCar at where it should be, there was still risk, perhaps, at the at that level. Um, 
you don't know the power plays of going inside. I listened to the CEO speak this morning and he was very complimentary of everything. But you know, it, 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 it reeks of a time where the right deal was struck. Um, there was a suitor in the form of the Penske Corporation and uh, I think it's you know it couldn't be a better deal. I think the um, the other thing that it does is, is from a, a racetrack point of view is that regardless of the events they've got, it's still an underused facility. And for mm. a very long time, the only race there every year was the Indy 500. And mm. you practice and you qualifying in the month of May. Um, they added a NASCAR race in 94, and that's been through the highs or lows. And during the CART IRL split, the NASCAR race was bigger than the Indy 500, but NASCAR's obviously had its own drama. So they're looking at ways of reinventing that. Part of the reason, though, the track is profitable is because of the NASCAR TV deal, which delivers enormous revenue to all of the various circuits that are part of that tour. So as long as the current deal lasts, which is, I think, still got two or three more years, um, there's excellent revenue. And it doesn't they could sell 10,000 tickets to the NASCAR race, but they still make money out of it. But they want to build that and make it bigger. But, you know, the, the place held the Indianapolis Grand Prix for a couple of years, Formula 1, and F1 shot itself in the foot. So that died. Um, they've got the IndyCar Grand Prix there on the road course. So the road course is massively underutilised. They've had MotoGP, but that's gone. I think Penske sees an opportunity to really grow the, the facility. And he even said in the press conference, like, there was a moment when tradition was broken. And that was when they signed the NASCAR race. So from that moment on, it was gods are off. And there's been all kinds of talk about what they're going to do. Um, there's, there's been talk of putting lights in so you could run under lights there which would be just the most spectacular thing you've ever seen. Um, and, and this is what Penske can do. He's got the weather all to go, if we have to spend $20 million bucks putting lights in, but if it brings crowds back to the NASCAR race so we, we start making more money out of it, Let's then it. that's the kind of investment he'd make that the Holman George family probably wouldn't have. And I think, from what I know of the place, that, that's probably going to be the key difference. So... But as Dale said, it's just the fact that he's so passionate about the place and, and he cited at every interview that he's ever given that the reason he's in the sport was because he was taken there as a 14-year-old kid and um, that's, that's how he fell in love with motor racing and, and now he's in a position to, um, to properly leverage it. Imagine rocking up. So, so the, the story is that Tony George Jr. approached Roger at the Laguna Staker IndyCar finale this year and said, I want to talk about succession. And he said, oh, Roger got very serious. But imagine going to Rod Penske and saying, would you like to buy it? But imagine being in a position where you can go, yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, what must that be like? Yes. <laughs> well, he picked his target well because there wouldn't have been too many that could or would. <laughs> yeah. Interesting insight. Uh, I was very fortunate uh, in my previous life to work very, very closely with uh, the DJ and Team Penske organisation. It's something I, I will always be thrilled that I had the opportunity to do. Um, and got to know the guys in the States very well. And Tim Sindrick, the uh, the president of Team Penske uh, in his early days, you know, I was at a at a, um, a, a sponsor uh, uh, Q and A session with him, which I, I undertook with Tim, and he and he tells a fascinating story, which I'm sure that is in the public domain. So I, I'm sure I'm not going to get shot by Ryan's story for this, but he okay. talked about the first time he went to a board meeting at uh, the Penske Corporation as the president of the Team Penske race team, and with with some new blood on the board. He was asked um, why the racing organisation uh, within the structure loses money. And he was about to answer when a hand came across in front of him, which is Rogers, and he just said, 
let me answer that question. Oh, nice. And he said, the reason we do this is because all the divisions that you people represent around this table make massive amounts of money from the business that I do at Motorsport. Mm. So I said, oh, I want you to remember that very clearly, that it is our marketing budget and that's where yeah. we spend it. Mm. And every one of you around this table benefits from the relationships and the B2B and he's the best at it in the world, bring to the table. So the very funny part of this story was some years later, and Tim relayed this story beautifully to, to, the, to the audience, he said he was at another board meeting. By this time, he wasn't green behind the ears. He was well-seasoned. And the question was asked again about the loss-making Team Penske division of the corporation. And Roger went to answer the question, and Tim leaned across and said, let me answer this, Roger. And yeah. that just showed to me what the, the depth of passion in with these people uh, at that level to, to to really push the barrow for one of the great marketing programs in the world, the best B2B program I've ever seen. And that's why the corporation in so many ways benefits from amazing financial relationships through motorsport. So this is just, you know, to me, this is another step in, in Roger using his favourite sport to drive massive profits in his corporation. And, you know, you can only take your head off to it. I'm really disappointed to see some of the... Uh, the negativity on social media this morning, particularly from some people who should know better, um, it's a great thing for motorsport, and it will only it will only elevate this this um, um, attract the series. And as, and as, as uh, Richard so rightly points out, the possibilities that the you know the Indianapolis Motor Speedway so well. So great day, really great day. So the possibility, boys, that it may just be the beginning. Obviously, uh, Penske Entertainment. And that uh, that side of the business now has IndyCar racing to its name. Would it be looking around the world for other acquisitions to sort of extend its portfolio? Well, I mean, it'd be crazy to not look at it. And there's a pretty well-known mm. series that's pretty well-known to be up for sale in this part of the world, isn't there? So at, at no point do I think Roger's going to sail in and buy supercars or the Archer Capital share of supercars. But having said that, at no point did I think he was ever going to buy the Speedway and the IndyCar series until 11.30 Monday night when the press release came through. So, look, it's not without the realms of possibility. What I what I think it does do, though, is build the potential to bring that series back to Australia. And and it's been talked about yeah. for a couple of years now. Um, the Gold Coast thing was never going to happen because the Gold Coast event's never going to move from October. IndyCar want to add races at the start of the year, not the end, because they don't want to be competing with... Uh, the National Football League, because it would decimate their already pretty small TV ratings. Um, so they want to add overseas races, if possible, at the start of the year. So it's a bit of a cash cow for the teams. They can get paid, um, keeps the teams busy before the IndyCar Series starts in early March. Um, and Auto Action, Mark Fogarty, colleague of ours, wrote the story last week um, about the potential for a Sydney doubleheader with IndyCars running alongside supercars. And all of a sudden the pieces there start to make sense because supercars made it very clear that they wanted their night race at Sydney Motorsport Park to be at the start of the season. The contractual issues around that with Adelaide 500 has a a right to be the first round for the time being. But you don't need to cast a pretty long bow, boys, to work out that if you're supercars and you get that event up and running in January or let's say early February, the New South Wales government chips a bit of cash in to get IndyCar down. Um, you can run them under lights because Sydney Motorsport Park is going to have 
be fully lit, which means you can run them at a time where people in the States will actually watch it. They can get up early in the morning, which is late the previous night here. Um, or later that day here, if time zones are crazy and they make sense. But um, So you could do that. But then if you're the New South Wales government, all of a sudden you could have two major international motor racing events, the other being the 12-hour back-to-back. And what a cool way to kick off your year of tourism with that would be. And you promote your regional stuff with the 12-hour, you promote um, your city stuff with an IndyCar and supercar double header. Um, and then it even opens up the possibility of going to someone in New Zealand. Hello, Tony Quinn. Um, <laughs> why don't we go halves in freight? Just bring them, get someone pays to bring them to this part of the world. The other half pays to send them back. You halve your cost. You go halves in the sanction fee and you run a double header and you go to New Zealand and go to Hampton Down. So, you know, this is all just absolute blue sky thinking, but it all of a sudden becomes possible because if anyone has the resources and the ability and the connections to make it happen, it's Roger freaking Penske, isn't it? So mm. that's, um, you know, that, that, that's just the scope of what I think this opens up now that might not have been possible before. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the supercar thing's extraordinary. Who knows where that's going to go? But uh, there's definitely Roger will, because he now knows the landscape down here, um, Understands that the you know the landscape of, of racing understands that there is a passion for this this, this uh, category here. Yeah, I, I think it's quite possible that this this thing has got some legs now, and uh, hopefully we might see something. But but I think his uh, his his journey at hand at the moment is very simply to bed down this uh, massive purchase he's just made, and uh, whilst he will never leave anything at <laughs> rest for too long. I'm sure that the real issue for him is going to be to make sure this deal goes through. Uh, commences in January, I believe, and um, uh, so we'll, we'll see the new season start under his tutorage. Uh, I, I, I wonder who actually will will be from the racing side of things in charge of it. I can, you know, I know there's Bud Denker and Jonathan Gibson and some of these guys um, that would naturally take a, a huge role in that. And I, I spoke with Jonathan Gibson at Bathurst, and he's moved from a Team Penske role to a, um, interestingly, to a corporation role so as head of commercial. So that might just be a precursor to something too. Boys, yeah. uh, the, the other, Shebex, just, just quickly, Shebex, the other, the other interesting thing was that the, the topic of conflict of interest was raised and, of course, yeah. Roger runs IndyCars and now owns the series and he, he said this morning in the, the press conference that he'd get down off the timing stand so he won't actually be calling Will Powers Races the strategy anymore. But those questions just don't concern me at all because this is a guy that is a factory Chevrolet team in IndyCar and yet in NASCAR is the leading Ford-backed team. So he successfully maintains relationships with two... It's like Ford v. Holden here. They're the two most dogged, iconic American brands going head-to-head and he's got factory relationships with both of them. So it's just not a relationship. And a factory relationship with the Cura, uh, through via oh, in, the in, in, yeah, in exactly right. Yeah. So you know, but, 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 but you've got to remember his franchise base across America and in fact across the world. He has every brand anyway. He has a large BMW dealer in the United in the United States. So dealing at a high level with manufacturers is not something that uh, that, that the Penske Group shy away from. But that's their bread and butter, and they know how to do it beautifully. Yeah, they certainly do. That was going to be my question, Richard, so thank you for asking it. And uh, the Penske 
team, DJR Team Penske here in Australia have been pretty busy doing their own thing as well over the last couple of weeks. And that predominantly has been getting a new car ready for Scott McLaughlin. Number 17 car's been sent out on track and tested and everyone seems to be pretty happy with it, Dale. Yeah, I think that, you know, that, that, that they had their shell there. Seppi had, had built the car, chassis for them. Um, the transplant was, was was done. It was done in record time, of course. And, and uh, you know, those boys know what's on the line. Uh, they work brilliantly as a team together and, and they, they put this car together. Um, you know, the massive Meccano set that it is, but uh, shook down beautifully and uh, it's got a point of no issues with our 360K shoot down at QR. And, uh, uh, you know, you would expect that that car... Uh, at Sandown this weekend will be just the same as the 17 car that uh, he ran at Bathurst and, and all the other uh, races this year and is the championship car. So uh, yeah, the, the, the fact that it's been built quickly will have little relevance on it. The, the car will be a jet and uh, I think Scott will be so fired up after the Gold Coast disaster um, that he and, and uh, Alex will be there for one reason only, and not only to, to try and get the uh, first second Euro Cup, but uh, put a Sandown 500 with their uh, Bathurst win. So, yeah, it was business as usual for those boys. They've done a great job. Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, watching, I think there was a time-lapse video out about how it all got put together. It was quite interesting, actually, to, to watch that happen. Yeah, good. A question on that, Dale, and you may know the answer. The, I know <laughs> that they had the one chassis available uh, at the factory. That's now being used for Scott's car. If they were to have an incident... This weekend, could that put them in serious jeopardy for a run at Newcastle? Uh, there is still the car that was the original okay. uh, car that Dick drove at Queensland. Yep. Uh, sorry, in the Adelaide General, that car still exists. Uh, Scott was always on for a new car for 2000 and 2020. Um, so that's that's the car, and uh, or one of them was whichever one, whichever one was due to one. So that was the car that was due to come into service at the Adelaide 500, okay. uh, which is now in, in service now. But the other car uh, exists, which is the, the, the blue and white Ford livery car that, uh, yep. that Dick, Dick drove at, uh, at things. So, yeah, no, look, yes, the, the, the short answer is no, that, that, that there would be another chassis. And I'm sure there would be another air chassis uh, in the stocks as well. Yeah, no problems. Uh, Richard Sandown's a fantastic race, always has been for the last few years with the retro uh, theme behind it. And we're starting to see a fair few pictures coming out from teams and their efforts for this race meeting. And there's been a couple uh, of beauties released this week. Yeah, there has. Uh, and, and as we record the show, Brad Jones Racing uh, so far in front, I think, with their retro round livery and uh, a throwback to their days of being sponsored by Aussie Mail. Remember them? Aussie Mail. Yeah. So they've, uh, they've got the, the black and green livery and then they've got the cool drive car in there as well, which is cool. And they've, they've got the other one with the, the white and green. So the, the two areas of those quite famous Aussie Mail liveries that they were famous for various reasons. They had a couple of podiums at Mount Panorama with Bradley Jones and Johnny Clellan fighting against the Holden Racing team, which was terrific. But uh, it was the Aussie Mail livery that Brad turned on his lid at what is currently turn eight at the Adelaide 500. And, Rocked up at the next round with the Aussie Mail stickers upside down, which I thought was a terrific bit of PR at the time. So that's that's very cool. I, there, there are a few more to come. Um, I've got to say, Tickford have done a really nice job with the um, with the Alan Moffat uh, tribute yes. Mustang that Chas Moffat and James Moffat will drive, and the fact that Moff is driving that car, a tribute to his old man's car, is a really special thing. And I know James will get a huge amount out of that because he looks. Um, 
he looks very fondly back on the history of the sport. So that that's very very cool. There's there's more to come out, I know, but um, the one the one thing I will will say, and I, I think we can tease this without getting into too much drama. And by the time you listen to this, it might even be out. But uh, keep an eye on the Techno Truck Assist car. Uh, I'm hearing very very good words that it's going to be a cracking cracking throwback livery. Good good win livery mm. of the year in terms of the throwback. So keep your eye out for that. Looking forward to uh, to seeing what they come up with. Yeah, Rich, I reckon, and Tony, I, I think the, the guy that he may not be winning too many races, but for the third year in a row, I reckon Tim Blanchard's team absolutely kills it. He had the Beachy livery. He yep. then had the Benson and Hedges tribute to his old man mm. on the yep. uh, on the car, and now he's got the Aussie mail thing. So three on a row. For me, Blanchard, he wins hands down. He's done an, a cracker of a job in the last three years of the retro round. So uh, good on him. So, yes, I think I have also heard... Uh, via our, our snout that uh, the techno thing's pretty cool. Um, I've got it on very good authority that the monster livery will be Matt Black. <laughs> oh, there really? you go. Well, gee whiz. Gee, that's, that's, that's a throwback to way last way. week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ret- retro, retro, Matt, retro Matt Black it's going to be. Yeah, here's the livery we ran at Buffett 2019 when we got taken out by yeah, our teammates. Exactly. <laughs> hey, the other one... The hey, other I was going to say, the other one that I like, and it's one thing running a retro livery, but it's also another thing getting money out of a peop- out of people who may have been involved in that retro livery. And I reckon Matt Stone mm. have done it pretty well with the Todd Hazelwood and Dave Russell car yeah. with Sharon Rentals because it's a throwback yeah. to an old Dave Russell car from 2019, but Sharon Rentals are actually putting some money in, which is fantastic. It up. Yeah, it's good. Yep. Very, very yeah. good. Yep. Hey, hasn't, hasn't this become such a good part of our championship? And it was a bit maligned uh, at the start, but NASCAR have done this so well with the Darlington stuff they do every year at the, the Southern 500 with their throwback round. But hasn't this just become such a good part of our championship? And, and hasn't this become a cool part? And it's generating, to this day, what, three or four years on, it's still generating stories and people are still putting an effort in. And one day we're going to run out of livery, sure, but the sports history is so long and so diverse that it'll be a while yet. I just really like this. It's someone who loves the history of the sport mm. and, and it really appreciates where we've been. Um, I, I just I love the effort that gets put into it and I love the throwback and the the approach that teams take, even if they don't do much from a livery, a livery point of view. Like Charlie did the throwback to one of his old sports cars or sports events or something like that a couple of years ago that just went absolutely flat with everyone. No one knew what it was, but at least I had a crack. Um, I really like that effort that these teams are putting in and I, I think it adds a, a great deal to the championship and it, and it should be embraced and I hope of, of all the changes next year and, and the Sandown 500 stops being a thing for reasons we still don't really understand um, through all of that hopefully that this retro round can still be the, the talking point around Sandown because the circuit deserves it and I think the series needs it to continue to link it to the past as it continues to blaze forward into into unknown futures. Yeah, yeah. Very very much so. That'll be great to see it to continue. And I think the other good thing about it too is that now that we're actually into November, Movember can be very much a part of uh, of this because moustaches have been yeah. pretty prominent in our retro looks with uh, drivers and the like. And I'll tell you what too, Richard, the, the advertising around this has been pretty strong down here in Melbourne as well. You may not have seen it so much 
over in South Australia. Dale, I'm sure you've seen a fair bit of it, though, on television as well. And they're really giving this a great push. Yeah, Shane Howard was the one who really drove this. Um, and, and again, through, my, through years ago when we were heavily involved with, with what to come up with and uh, do with the DJR thing. And Shane was, was uh, from Supercars, uh, really did an awesome job in, in, in getting people together to say, look, this is something we want to really invest in. We want to, not going to work first year. We need to give it some time. And, 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 and you know, he persevered with something that, in, as Richard said, was maligned at the first part of it. But, yeah, look, the, the promotion has been good. I think there's there's a couple of things that are, that are really interesting, and whether it weighs in its favour or not, is that, you know, it lost its traditional date. Um, yes, it was in football finals. The football finals now mean that most Saturdays in, uh, in, in early September, the MCG is vacant anyway because interstate teams are playing. Well, definitely the um, Sunday. After, definitely the Sunday has been that weekend for Sunday, the last yeah, three or four uh, weeks. A uh, year, sorry. And now, you know, now it's after Bathurst. It's after the Gold Coast. You know, it, it's people who are casual viewers don't really understand how it fits in if they're not supercar championship followers. Um, yes, it's retro and yes, it's per tech cup. Something's going to be decided there as well. Uh, to me, it's you know, personally, it's a tragedy. I think that I think this has always been the precursor to the Super Cheap One Thousand, uh, Bathurst One Thousand, and uh, it'll be a test for the event. And obviously, we lose after um, next Sunday night um, the Five Hundred status, and it goes to a what is effectively a round next year. They can call it anything they like, but it just becomes a round. Um, the Perfect Cup, I think, has probably got some interest in it. It's the one thing at the moment that. Uh, uh, Red Bull, the whole racing team are absolutely dominating. They're first and second. Uh, Scotty in third, and Scotty Pies, uh, you know, and Courtney is amazing, isn't it? Fourth and fifth in the championship, and any yeah. of those guys can take it out. So, um, only one Ford in this uh, this leaderboard at the moment. So it's the only leaderboard that um, the general is uh, is having a crack at. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, look, I think the sport uh, understands the perfect Enduro Cup and, and and celebrates it, but the average punter. Still a little confusing, I think. So it saddens yeah. me that this, this is potentially the last one. But uh, let's just hope. Uh, the forecast is marginal. Um, let's hope we get like a crowd up there because Sandown deserves it. Rubbish, Dale. The forecast yeah. is terrible. So as we sit at the middle of the week, there's mm. like 90 percent chance of rain for Friday and Saturday, and about 70 percent for Sunday. So well, I didn't say I didn't say it was good. No, that's just your Melbourne sugar coating. No, no, it's about as marginal as you're going to get. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm with you. We've been here all our lives. I've been, I've been, I've been out there getting pissed on for you know 35 years. So I, I get it. So I, I'm glad there's marketing, and that's great because they needed to. I, I'm, I'm not so fussed about the day chain. I, like I love tradition. I, I get the reasons why they moved it, tenuous as they may be in some areas. But I don't, to this day, understand why they're not continuing with the Sandown 500 moniker. Yeah. Because yeah, after the Adelaide 500 and after the Bathurst 1000, it is the best brand the championship's got. Yeah. We don't use sure. Australian Touring Car Championship anymore. No, it's right. like This is the long, longevity in the sport, and it's the whole idea of retro around being at Sandown. Couldn't so, they, gentlemen, couldn't they have run two 125 races on the Saturday and a 250 race on the Sunday well, and still give it the 500 status? Yeah. Just yeah. run 250. It, it works at the low 500. So the, the reason that came out when they announced the calendar and announced this change was that it was a mileage thing. Um, well, my so so they're, they're talking about 100k 
because next year he's slated for two 200k races. Um, and this is the Sandown 400, which is stupid. Um, so 100k, jump a practice session somewhere. Winton doesn't need an extra practice session or Darwin or somewhere. There, there's your 100k, say it's gone. More racing, you keep the tradition, even if it goes from being 500k's to two to 50k races, mm. the, the brand yep. survives and you keep that marketing. So they're going to put all this effort into marketing the event this year with a new date. And then next year they have to start from scratch by going, oh, but it's not the Sandown 500 anymore. It's still it's the Sandown 400 and it's yeah. sprint racing. But if, if and, and anyone who ran, was, go on. And anyone who was at the last 10 10 400 in 1981, we've seen Peter Brockwin. Yeah. Uh, and it changed, uh, sorry, in 1982. It, it changed then in 84 to the 500. And it's been the yeah. 500 since 84. Yes, it's had some shocking ups and downs when it, the race got taken away from it for a couple of years. It wasn't held for a couple of years in the late 1990s. It missed a couple of years. Then we had sports cars running it and we had production cars running it. It only returned really in 2012. Uh, when it was the Dick Smith Center 500. But, but it, it, it's history is really in this modern era of 500k race. And I agree. If you can't have it as a 500k race, then have it as two 250s and let's get on with it. Yeah. I just thought the reason was lame. I, I didn't buy, I didn't no, buy the about mileage. We, we had people, we had, we had team owners saying, oh, we're actually doing more, we're on track more this year. Means nothing to anybody. It was it was it was a fed uh, excuse from supercars, I believe, and it was it was reacted. It, it's one of those bad uh, bureaucratic decisions uh, that that people get on board with and, and talk about, and people don't buy it. So, you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's you know, making work for themselves. though. that's what that's the part I don't get is that it, it makes their marketing team have to work doubly hard next year to resell hard, yeah. resell yeah. the event yeah. they're trying to sell this year. Anyway, yeah. what do we know? No, exactly what uh, – I'm going to get a very quick tip off you before we move into F1 and wrap up the show, boys. Uh, does Scotty McLaughlin come back into the winner's stall? Uh, I, I honestly – I don't think he'll win the Sandown 500. He will wrap up the championship, and, and I think that's all they really yeah. care about. They'd love a victory, but they want the championship put to bed. They can't do it Saturday, but they can do it Sunday, so – uh, I think that'll happen. I, I, based on last year, Red Bull routed the field there last year, and I, I think Red Bull will do the same. I think it'll be a, an interesting fight between those two. Um, I, and I'd love so I, that, that's my tip. It'll be a Red Bull car, but um, I'd really love to see Warren Luff and Scott Pyjag a really good result because I, I think they've been the great story of this Enduro Cup. Terrific performance on the Gold Coast again, really consistent. Great race at Bathurst, as always, with those two. So um, they're the three I'm really going to be closely watching this weekend. Yeah, fair enough, Dale. Yeah, Triple Eight to me, but uh, my my one really is it's in the other the other brand of uh, energy drink. I think Michael Caruso has done a stunning job yeah. uh, in Cam Waters' car. Um, you know what a guess, uh, and so I reckon a Tickford car could be the upsetter. And and if it is, I, I you know I'd reckon Cam and, and Michael Caruso could well be. Uh, the spoiler in this. Chebecky, before we move on, um, just a quick one. The team's championship now is well and truly alive. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I reckon there's now pressure on Car 12. They, they've got to start delivering. Yeah. They've had a shocking run since second in Townsville. Um, only a couple of top 10s. 
um, that, that team's championship is vital for the Shell V Power Racing team. And now all of a sudden they've had their lead cut to, I think it's 138 points and less than 160 points. So it, it could swing very, very quickly if, if the Triple Eight boys have a very strong weekend like we think they might. Um, it, it's vital that Car 12, and it's not just a driver thing, it's that whole side of the garage, get the you-know-what together because um, otherwise that team's championship is very, very going to quick, quickly go from Staples and Danio uh, before you know it, up there in Bridge Vegas. So, um, yeah, that's going to be another plot that we need to follow. Mm, yeah, I mean, you saw 17, 17 was Teams Championship, 18 was Drivers Championship. They don't want a 19 with one or the other. 19 is the year where you want them both. And that's exactly right, Rich. That is, you know, to not win both this year is not good enough. No, fair call. Guys, Formula One, just before we wrap up the show, uh, congratulations to Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Sixth World Championship wrapped up and locked in the can. And, that was a little bit of an interesting race over in the uh, Circuit of Americas on the weekend. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, it was yeah, go on, go on, Dave. I, th- I thought the, uh, you know, the, the, the complaints about the bumps at the beginning of the, the weekend were interesting. You saw some slow-mos, and they were pretty bumpy. Um, Mattel was, uh, we couldn't see whether he actually hit something in the early times, but we, he definitely hit Leclerc at, at the first lap because his car was off the ground. But uh, that was a massive suspension failure. Um, Really needed drive from from uh, Hamilton. Really great run on that on these last thing to hold those tyres together. Bottas was in one of those Bottas races. It was a Melbourne race. He was going to win that race. Um, Alex Albon for me was the highlight. What a great drive! What a great comeback mm. drive! Uh, he, he's a real talent, and I think Red Bull once again have done the right thing by by dropping Gasly and moving him up. Uh, it's proven to be the right decision. Uh, Gasly is you know probably about where he should be in the Tour Rosso. Danny Rick, good good solid performance. Raced well at the beginning, held his ground. You know, you finished sixth behind those guys. That's where you are. Um, so you'd be pretty pleased with that result. That's coming off two good results for Danny now. Um, but uh, yeah, Mercedes dominant, and uh, and Ferrari once again. You know, just they arrive as hot favourites and they leave with their tails between the legs. This is sort of the, the what we've seen the last couple of races, and. Uh, there must be some serious questions being asked at Maranello again this year. This is another year where this championship is escaping them. Uh, nicely summed up. Uh, I, I haven't got much more to add other than I didn't actually watch the race live. Uh, first things first, early Monday mornings aren't necessarily my forte. Uh, so I, I elected to remain eyes shut in bed. Uh, secondly, you, you talked about the bumps. Uh, come on. You paid $40 million a year to drive a racing car. Deal with some bumps. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I loved, loved the IndyCar. Yeah. We started, we started talking about it, trolling them, going, geez, you haven't, you haven't raced in some of our straight tracks. And then the sports car fraternity fired up going, come to Sebring. Um, now, I've seen race cars at Sebring, and it is, it is bumpier than the back road mm. where I live. It's out of control. So that just turned me off from watching it as well. But well done, Lewis. Um, he'll win number seven next year, and he'll beat Schumacher's 91 wins probably. Within two years before he retires, so um, he'll be the goat. Um, yep. And people, people on social media banging on about the fact that he's had the best car, and that well, people have got short memories because Chewy's Ferraris were clearly superior uh, in the same way that um, Lewis's Merc is at the moment. So, no, well done, six times a champion. Cool to see history being made, and uh, he he deserves. It. He's the best driver in the world at the moment. He certainly is, boys. Always great to catch up and have a chat about motor racing. We'll do it again next week when we review what had happened uh, at Sandown and the uh, the Pertec Endurance Cup and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll talk then. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Dale.
Big Bad Sandown coming your way this weekend. Can't wait. Looking yeah, forward great. To it. Can't wait. Great event. One of my favourites. Don Rogers and Richard Crowell joining us here on the grid. So there you have it, another edition of on the another edition of on the grid wrapped up and locked in the can. Thanks for joining us again. We'll catch you next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com.